little weird. Okay, here we are. Music play because I couldn't hear it. <laughs> uh, I couldn't hear it either. I don't know All right. what's going on. Well, hello, everybody, to the Geek Matrix DC Comics Review Show, episode. Oh, I think I said four for some reason. One eighty-three. <laughs> <laughs> I got my numbers. I was going to say four thirty-eight for some reason, but no, no it's traveling it's, to the future. It's Legacy four thousand five hundred seventy-two, something like that, right? Four thousand five hundred and thirty-nine. God, I was so close. <laughs> but I went over. I overbid. I'm not in the showcase showdown. Yeah, it happens to the best of us, man. <sighs> I guess, but I really wanted to be Drew Carey. What Son are you gonna do? Bitch. Do better. Do better, Rob. <laughs> ah, yeah. All right, folks, I am here. My name is Rob. Thank you for joining us. As always, are my wonderful co-host, Brandon. Hello, hello. Being a busy man, building a bookcase. What a handy person. The bookcase has been built. Now it's just getting it to fit. Right on. I, I get that feel. <laughs> and Josh. I also am getting a bookcase, but it's not here yet. So I'm a tad bit jealous. I mean, fuck, I'm jealous. I'm not getting any bookcase. My books are just stuck, stacked next to me. Like, I don't, I don't have space. Because you me. already got a bookcase. Yeah, and it's overfilled. The days like, of stacking them on the table have, have come to an end. Oh, man. I wish. No, my, bookcase, my bookcase is full yeah. and overflowing, and the shelves are bending, and oh. I have so many more books. <laughs> In my room, all I have is one little tiny table that I can put, I've, I've got comic books, printer paper, and air duster on. And then I've got my table for my action figures, and that's all <laughs> I've got. So we're getting a shelf to put up on the wall. Right on. A oh, shelf yeah, right. all for your figures is very good. That's what yes. I do. Yep, that's what's happening. Built my own. That's what's happening. That's what's up. That's what's getting up, some good sized ones too, because damn it, I am getting that Lobo. Hell yeah! <laughs> damn well better. The biggest Lobo fan I know. Uh, I might be the world's biggest Lobo fan. Fucking well better be. <laughs> you fragging bastitch. God. Bastish. I I there was a period in high school where I was just calling everybody bastitch because. I don't know. I'm a geek. We're supposed I, to. I was trying That's to make it a thing. Too. You need to battle Star Galactica. I, I what? I need. You needed battle Star Galactica. Yeah. Like when that came around, everybody started saying, "What the frack?" What the frack? Yeah, but I like frag. Me too. And uh, what the hell do they say in Batman Beyond? I was saying that for a while, too. I don't say either one. I Shit. dropped the F-bomb. But, well, anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not cultured. I am. We, we haven't gotten to creds yet, but I'm sure we're getting creds. there eventually. Brandon, what is the swear they say in, in Batman Beyond in the future? 30 there's years like twips and dregs. Those are the only dregs. two. No, but there's there's one they when they like, oh, blank. Like... 
Because a drag is like somebody's a loser. Yeah. Was there another one? I only remember yeah. drag whips. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, it's going to come to me later, and I'm going to scream it out, <laughs> and, and it's going to wake up Ange, and she's going to slap yeah. me. Oh, no. Because... Why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> well, she'll probably think that you were insulting her because she knows all about Batman. <laughs> right? Like, why did um, you say that about me? No, there, a drag means a loser or a punk. Yeah. yeah. Um, slag. A slag is to no, destroy something. Kill. Yeah. Yeah. A slag it is to curse something. Wow. And uh, Twip is a mischievous person. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. So huh. I could see that them working slag into somebody who is breaking something or whatever. But yeah, no. As far as that website's concerned, there's not another one. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like dregs is kind of you don't really say you don't really hear people who are like everyday people saying dregs. It's usually like. A politician saying like the dregs of society. Dregs that of hasn't society. Really made it into slang yet, but I don't know. Maybe twips. We'll see. Oh, we got man. time. I got. I got to look it up because I could have sworn it was in Neo Gothic number six. Uh, as I'm looking it up right now, near yeah. the end of the issue. I remember reading. I'm like, oh, I love that word. I remember when I said that for like a year, and yeah. it never caught on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so we are here to talk comics and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, and those books include our very short week this week. Uh, we have four honorable mentions, plus four books we're talking about in our main show. Our bonus show is going to be all about artist appreciation. We're going to be talking about our favorite artists, artists that, that mean a lot to us, uh, artists that inspire us, uh, etc. And just appreciate the art that we see in our weekly books, because my god is there some damn good stuff this time like 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 around this time i mean to say like right now it, it there's just unprecedented how much good art there is in comics i might be the only one that feels that way <laughs> no you're not there's, there's... I mean, well every every era has great artists so we're yes. just lucky that there are so many even now yeah Oops. The good um, far outweigh the bad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. By far. Like there's, there will always be some bad, but there's definitely some good. Mm. Uh, like you said, the good outweighing the bad. Oh, um, yeah. But as for the books we are reading or reviewing today, like we already read them. Uh, we have Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, number four, Beast World, number six, End of That Events, and two annuals, Batman and Robin, annual 2024, and Batman Superman, World's Finest, annual 2024. Uh, and that's got to be uh, a lot of fun, I think. We're going to have some fun with those books. But uh, before that, you guys got any news? Uh, mm, no. My youngest got sent home today uh, from school because he had an autistic fit. And they have told us that he's not allowed to come back until we get a doctor's note saying that... Um, that he's okay to return. 
Oh man. I don't know how I'm supposed Jeez. to get a doctor's note yeah, saying like, that you, autism has disappeared, but uh how how exactly do you get a note that says he's good to go? That that thing doesn't just go away. It's not like you're trying to figure that out right <laughs> It's not a flu. <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't worry, that autism's gonna go away and so Oh yeah, yeah. Give it give yeah. it away. Plenty of water and drink some sprite. It's it's like <laughs> chicken pox, you know, you get it, but once it's gone, it's gone. It's yeah. Gone. yeah. Clearly, uh, you can't get it as an adult. Jokes. Georgia is fucking awesome. Let me just tell you that much. <laughs> Kids especially, there's no place like the Deep South to make sure that your children are going to be taken care of. Oh, Every time you say Deep South, it makes me think a little Nicky. I'm from uh, the South. From the, the South. Deep South. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's music. pretty fucking accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and the word I was trying to think of was shui. Oh, that's a good word though. That's, that's not an insult though. No, but it's like it was a slang. So oh, I, I think I think I was saying curse, yeah. but I meant I meant slang. No, oh, shui hasn't caught there's... on, but it will one of these days. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I was saying shui all the fucking time. <laughs> that's totally shui. Yeah. Um, Rip means cool. Shui yes. means cool. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? Uh, fizz. They call soda fizz. Makes sense. Well, and of it. course, creds. Yeah, creds. We haven't gotten there yet, but I'm. I'm. Hey, kids, get cred. If 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 there's anything from Batman Beyond that I'm confident will make its way into the into our real future, it will be creds. I we have a long way to hear. go. Cred, without um, thinking of the latest South Park show, and it yeah. fucks me up. <laughs> Did you guys watch it? No, I haven't watched oh, South heard, Park in years. Yeah, I heard either. Brandon go, "Yeah." Uh, no, I I have not. I don't watch South Park. Okay, I the thought whole Rob, thing you would being our only Canadian. Blame Canada. Canada. What, um, what is that? A, I, I don't get the reference. Isn't, isn't South Park take place in Canada? No, it's in no, Colorado. No, Colorado. Oh, Colorado. but there's Terrence and Philip who are big, huge television stars in yeah, in Canada, and they fart in your general direction. Yeah, you know, what I think lose. it was. I think it's just because, like, I I've not seen South Park, but I know there's like people dressed in snow gear or something, and my brain just went, "It's cold. It's Canada." Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> That's fair. No, the, uh, the latest... Park, all the Canadians talk like this. Yes, they they're they're top they're top and bottom up their head. They're like their oh. bottom jaw is not attached to the top of their head. And all their heads are shaped like eggs. <laughs> Every single one. Like my head right now. <laughs> we talk like this, Philip. <laughs> but uh the latest South Park. It's great special. to have kind of there for the world. <laughs> right? It is um it's called uh get your creds, kid. Or hey kids, get some cred. Oh, yeah. All right, it's about uh, two topics. This is it's it's one hundred percent adults only, and it like oh, yeah. warns you that six or seven times in the beginning of the, the credits. <laughs> um, That's pretty wild. But it deals with um, as its subplot. It deals with uh, people going uh, adults doing OnlyFans, and then the main thing about it is like. In the 
in the loudest animated form is literally bitch slapping the living daylights out of Logan Paul and Prime Energy. It just it rips him to <laughs> shreds. <laughs> it's I mean it's beautiful. <laughs> it really, really fucking is. <clears throat> and it's bad. It's I mean it it paints a really good picture. It's not your typical it's it's South Park, but it's not like your typical South Park episode. Yeah. It's one I wish I could show my kids to show them how how right I am about prime drinks, but they don't drink prime here, but they do when they go to their their other parents' house. So yeah. shit's wow. fucked up. It's loaded up on sugar. Come get me some Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess we've got some books to talk about. Y'all want me to hit up the honorable mentions before we kick things off? Do it. Yeah, let's go for it. All right, like uh, Rob and Brandon mentioned, I don't know if that was on the show or before it, but in any case, Batman Off-World number three, it came out this week. As a huge Batman fan that has complained about the number of extraneous Batman stories that we have been getting released over the last few years, if you are not reading Batman Off-World, I promise you, you are making a mistake. This issue got an 8 out of 10 for me. I have someone that read all three issues this week. I concur. Yeah, Absolutely. I've been singing the praises of this book like since day one because yeah. I read it and I was like, "This book was made for me." And yeah. it's, it's different out. and it's good. Yeah, but it's yeah. so um, simple and it works so perfectly. That's what I'm exactly. like. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, something else that was really rocking this week: DC Power 2024. Inside, right there's. There's stories about Joel Moline, Lightning and Thunder, Bloodwind, Valzad, Black Manta, Crispus as the Spectre, and Montoya's Ooh. Question, Nubia and Mr. McZimblepick, uh, Kid Flash, Mr. Terrific, and The Signal. Damn. I read every single one of these stories, and there's none of them that aren't good. The worst, the worst story inside this book gets a seven out of ten. Damn. Um it's it's they 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 really did a good job plus you get an epilogue to fucking far sector which is worth the price of admission alone yeah there you go that's the only one i've been able to check out so far it helps that it was the first story in the issue right (laughs) so excited the rest is pretty good too the valzad story Yeah, I really. I, I i would not have expected christmas 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 allen like ever again yeah well he was here all the Gotham Central characters kind of fell off the map after Flash. Yeah. They can come back someday. Except Renee Montoya. So, tell me that. Yeah, I was going to say, tell me Montoya and Alan like, interact at some point. Yeah, they're in oh, the same story. Sick. Yep. That is good. They show, they're, they're, they're in the same story. That's where they're at. The one that confused the hell out of me was Nubia and Mr. Mixie. But... Uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't see that one coming. But like I said, even even that one, it 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 was it was it was okay. It, I mean, the worst story got seven out of ten. It was pretty good. Can't say it the same about the next one. Trinity special number one. I cannot <laughs> even really score this fairly. It's all I don't like anyway. Any of the fucking reprint. I don't like any of the stories that in there. I think it's super dumb. I think if we were going to do stories like this, we shouldn't have invented a new character. It would have been a great place to put Sandsmark. 
in that role, but whatever. It's reprint of her first oh, appearance. There's some extra filler stories and another story that ties into the horror that is King's Diana. <sighs> like the the what the thing about Trinity, like, I I get what you're saying, but like the whole idea is it's it's the the three kids of the the Trinity. I get right? it. But what and it, if it, if it what? was Cassie, it wouldn't be Damien and John watching her grow up. Yeah, Damien and John didn't watch her grow up. This is all invented. We just read the freaking story. They watched. They, they watched over her as she grew up. No, they didn't. <laughs> We've never heard about that before. It Nobody's just happened. Ever mentioned? Well, yeah, it just happened. That's the point. It just happened. Yeah. If you, if you're gonna argue that is made up, buddy, every story is made up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not established. You can't say John and it doesn't Damien. have to be canon, but well, it happens. yeah, because this takes place in the future. So yeah, this like hasn't yeah. happened yet. Yeah, just like uh, what was it? it was Damien, son of Batman? That that two yeah. issue book hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. but that was a banger. None of those are gonna happen. Did you not like that either? Yeah. The the Andy Kuber drawn book? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying uh-huh. all of those future issues, none of none none of nothing is ever gonna lead into it. It never does. Batman number six six six. Yeah. Yeah. That that story is never going to work its way into main continuity. I mean they have, have to it's a badass firmly story. established that at some point in the future Damien will become the Batman of Bethlehem, but not Obviously. in Batman Beyond. Not in Batman Beyond, I know. But at least that's Earth 32. So Yeah. I think it's and, 32. And then there's Power Girl Uncovered number one, a collection of really good Power Girl covers and pinups. Um, I love all of these uncovers, and the Jokers is probably one of my favorites, but all of them are pretty good. Right on. And that's all the honorables. Oh shit! All right, sorry. I'm just munching away at these 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 salty <laughs> snacks are so delicious. <laughs> That's what they're there for. Exactly. All right. Uh, so, shall we get into our first book of the week? Let's do it. I don't see why that would be a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, all right. So, starting off, Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, number four. This is written by Tim Sheridan with pencils from Kian Sormi, uh, inks from Jordi Tarragona, Raul Fernandez, and John Livesay, and colors from Matt Herms with letters from Lucas Catoni, and a very nice cover from David Talaski. So we are getting now the true origin story of what happened to Johnny Ladd after he was taken by the Red Light of Death. Is that what it was being called? I don't remember now. <laughs> uh, but basically the red energy that we saw in the first issue that that essentially killed him uh, up until we saw his return at the end of last issue as the Red Lantern. Uh, so the true backstory to Johnny Ladd is he was always Russian and worked his way into the Russian army at the behest of his father, who claimed he would never amount to anything spectacular, uh, leaving his father behind, who eventually died after losing his house in a gambling game. Um, Johnny made his way into the military and then worked his way up the ranks, uh, some part way through like being good at stuff and also through sleeping with high ranking officers. 
I guess Russia was different in the 20s. But the point is, he eventually became uh, a spy and was given a mission to infiltrate the U.S. Army, who was said to be starting a, a, a mission uh, to find and contain this red light, that this red energy that the Russians have had their eyes on for a while. And he was able to do that, infiltrate the U.S. Army, and become very close to a man named Alan Scott. And we all know the history there. They got together. And what we don't see, or we didn't see in the first issue, after Johnny was taken under sea, uh, he was killed, but then was reborn by the light. And then some Russian divers, um, the, the Soviet, Soviet divers, part of the army, that were there to rescue him and take him back home, found him, reborn, and now with the red energy within him. And back in Russia, it was a very winter soldier type uh, ordeal where they knew he had a power within him and he was the only one that was able to harness the red light. Uh, so they were able to fashion a way to contain it in the Red Lantern and Red Lantern Ring. And uh, with that, he became the Red Lantern. And now we go back to where we finished off last issue, uh, Johnny and Alan in their respective costumes in Alan's apartment, uh, where Alan is trying to bring the fight to Johnny, but Alan's ring is basically out of energy. Uh, Johnny takes flight off into the sky, and Alan gives chase all through the city, uh, but Johnny catches him in a bubble as Alan's ring runs out of energy, and that's when Johnny takes him to a warehouse, and they have a brief discussion, and actually Johnny starts to show his feelings for Alan one more time as Alan reveals that he was able to buy um, a house on Lake George that they lived in together for a while. And as that happens, Johnny gets a little too close to Alan, so Alan is able to burst his way out of the red energy bubble, grab the red lantern from Johnny, and charge his ring with it, as Johnny says, you can't do that, and he says, I just did, as red energy is bursting out of every orifice. Uh, next issue, The Rage of the Green Lantern. So this was quite interesting. It, it it was very much an origin story for Johnny Ladd and the Red Lantern, but you do get some interesting retcons, if you will, about the green energy, um, how that as well as the Red Lantern energy are pretty much emotion-based, according to Johnny Ladd, uh, which I found interesting. I didn't expect that. Uh, I, I can understand that for the red, um, but then the, he does allude that the green energy, which Alan clearly has not been able to harness yet to the full extent, unlike Johnny, uh, is powered by his own willpower, which I don't believe was ever a thing in the past. It was always supposed to be just magic. So that that's an interesting kind of retcon. Um but I'm, I'm okay with it right now because we have seen retcons in the past tying the Golden Age Green Lantern to the Silver Age Green Lantern Corps. Um, so it kind of all fits. It's boom. all in the family. Eh? I just said boo. Boom. Oh, boo. <laughs> boo. I know. I it, was, like it. It, it was never a, a well-liked retcon. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, what can you do? There is mention of the Star Heart, and that the Red Lantern energy is also part of the Star Heart, or at least a different Star Heart. It's all magic and all emotion based and all science and all alien, and it's everything at once. What can you do? 
Point is, I'm very excited to see what the hell's going to happen with Alan next issue, with the Red Lantern energy coursing through his veins. Uh, and where does it go from here? Like, where does this end up? We know Ruby in the future is the Red Lantern's daughter. Um, but really, like, where does this story go? I feel like there's going to be a lot more coming out of this than we think. And it's not just going to be Vladimir, Johnny Ladd has a daughter in the future, as does Alan. And I really want Ruby and Jade to meet. <laughs> I will be right back, guys. Really sorry. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. No worries. The art in this issue I thought was really well done. I I get I, I forgot to look it up. I don't know if it is a retcon, but I feel like it was a retcon of mm. how Johnny was able to explain how Alan was able to phase through walls. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole thing of time travel, apparently, which I thought was really weird. Um, yeah, I remember nothing of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and all my research on Green Lantern in my life, I've never heard about that, mm. especially since Hal was also able to do that yeah. in his first appearances. Um, I was figured it was just the he's shown the he shined a light on the wall and that was able to like just make it phase yeah, through matter, make like, a doorway basically. Yeah, um magic and the like (laughs) like i did read the very first issue of green lantern back in the the 40s and he was able to do it like right away oh my god i didn't know you were that old oh yeah time travel (laughs) 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 i meant from from Uh, i I was just being Um, a little jokester yeah you little now josh on the other hand almost certainly read that issue It's almost not fair to make fun of him when he can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, well, he'll never know because he had his headphones off. <laughs> um, I'm waiting for him to perk up and ask what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so like, like that very first issue back from 1940, like he mm. did it almost right away. Yeah. After putting on the ring, and it, I, maybe it was talked about later on, but there was really no mention of how he was able to do it later. Yeah, or at least at the time. So mm-hmm. it kind of just always became a power the Green Lantern could do—just phase through a wall. Yeah, uh, but this whole mention of time travel, I thought, was really fucking weird. Yeah, I um, never would have thought of that being an aspect. Of yeah, through walls, and I really don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I get what they're saying. Like, yeah, we're just traveling through it to a time where this wall didn't exist like what what (laughs) simplify just make it easier you can walk through walls like yeah (laughs) he he makes a doorway with a ring that's don't 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 try and super science your way out of this yeah it's not gonna work (laughs) uh but all in all i am gonna give this issue 8.75 out of 10 i thought it was very enjoyable and i very much enjoyed the red lantern origin story nice yeah no the the biggest hook for me was was um definitely the red lantern origin um and i think that was that was kind of the part where i was a little surprised because i thought they were going to do kind of a winter soldier aspect to the story where i did get that kind of vibe from it still yeah where johnny was going to be taken in by the soviets and then eventually became red lantern through conditioning but you know the whole reveal that he had been a soviet agent from the start to basically get information on the um emerald flame was, was 
I was like, oh, wow, that was actually kind of a surprise. Um, so I really like that aspect. I like how it kind of was, was able to really weed its way into Alan's origin um, and definitely is probably going to have a, a deep impact on his own trusting abilities, I'm sure, in the future. Um, yeah. But, well, at least in the early days of his career. Um, but I, I just I, I really like that aspect of it. Um, I do agree the like weird time travel explanation kind of threw me for a loop to the point where I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, Hey guys. I just, yeah. Uh, I, um, I don't know if you can see that or not, but, uh, my heart rate's over 200 right now. I'm going to oh. have to hop off oh, of here. Shit. Okay. I'm sure. really yeah. sorry. No, no, no. Go get better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll talk to you. All right. All right. <sighs> oh shit. shit. I hope he's okay. Uh, that's not good. Damn. Yeah, that's that's heavy. Um, take a breath for a second. Jesus. Yeah, Josh, um, when, when you hear this back, dude. Yeah. Hope you get better. Please. please that's, like, yeah, either, that's a scary. Either moment. have Holly reach out to us, or you know, someone. Just that's like we're we're really praying for you, man. Yeah. That's um, an insane heart rate. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I don't really yeah. know. Should, um, should <laughs> yeah, we keep okay. going? Or? Yeah, we, we should keep going. Um, he wouldn't want okay. us to, to stop. Yeah. But yeah, Josh, we're rooting for you, dude. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, basically just, yeah, the, the whole time travel thing was kind of weird. But aside from that, I'm still really digging the story. And I love how um, – personal this this reveal of johnny being a traitor right from the start has just kind of upset alan to the point where he basically flips out at the end and you know almost loses his shit so i don't even know how he's gonna have to deal with that in the next issue but i know i can't wait to see um so i gave this an 8.5 i really dug it um yeah Right. Sorry, it's just the, the just yeah, really it's a bit of a shock. Fucking caught me off guard. Yeah, I, I just I don't even I feel I'm a little scared for him right now. I know. Um, okay, um, but you know as well as I do, sometimes the show must go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, it's, yes, that, that's a fucking scary. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, with that in mind, I know Josh was queued up to do Beast World. Um, but I, I, yeah, I can take it on. Okay. Um, that being said, do you want me to keep World's Finest, or are you able to take on? Um, I did not actually get a chance to read that one. So, oh, fuck. Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a very quick one. review anyway. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's four stories in there. Oh, and it's a very quick review, though. They're all very short. Um, all right. Let me just pull up Beast World number six. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck off stupid That's okay so titans beast world number six i was not prepared give me a minute here <laughs> I'm trying, to find, trying to find the credits yeah so this is written by tom taylor with i'm trying to do this from memory art by ivan rias mm-hmm. uh, where the fuck are the credits <laughs> holy shiza dude <laughs> Ah, I, I forget this is like a double-sized issue as well. Oh, damn. Okay, here we go. 
so written by Tom Taylor with pencils from Ivan Rios, Lucas Mayer, and Eduardo Pansica. Inks from Danny Mickey, Lucas Mayer, and Julio Ferreira. Colors from Brad Anderson and Romulo Fajardo Jr. And letters from Wes Abbott, as well as a very nice cover from Rios, Mickey, and Anderson. Uh, yeah, so we are picking up, as I go back up to the top of the book, where we left off in the Bureau of Sovereignty headquarters. Peacemaker is waking up after being knocked out by Nightwing, uh, and he's able to turn his helmet around after muttering about how heroes have no sense of, like, brain damage and head trauma. <laughs> mm. uh, the fucking assholes. Uh, but that's when Manda Waller says, Peacemaker, don't do anything stupid, and this is where we see both Ravens standing in front of each other, uh, just ready to duke it out. Um, Good Raven teleports Dick away back to Titan's Tower, uh, where Good Raven and Evil Raven, which I will now refer to as Dr. Hate, <clears throat> begin to duke it out. If it's Good Raven versus Bad Raven, you could call one Graven and one Braven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I tried. <laughs> oh, man. Isn't Graven a character from something? I don't even know. Yeah, he's a Green Lantern villain. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> from the Kyle era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I cannot call her Graven. <laughs> can, we, can we get Graven versus Gra Graven? Versus Graven. <laughs> the ultimate duel. <laughs> you should tweet that to Tom Taylor and just let oh, him know. Oh, my God. He will use that. Yes. <laughs> Graven and Braven. That's Graven fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so back to, yes. back to so. Raven. <laughs> uh, so now we, we pick up a Titan's Tower where Dick has just arrived. Bobo and Barbara. That's a team up I want to see happen. Um, try to figure out what the hell's going on with him. Mm -hmm. And he mentions that Dr. Hate is Raven and her demonic side, yada, yada, yada. But now we know he has a plan. It's dangerous, but he needs Superman. So later on, John is there um, in front of Werewolf Batman and uh, unleashes Werewolf Batman to John. He unleashes his blue lightning powers, says no, and the spore jumps out of him. And John is about to electrocute it, but that's when Batman goes, uh, you, and grabs it out of the air because he's fucking Batman and so squishes cool. it. Uh, so Bruce and Dick have a moment and uh, mentions that Bruce needs to just relax, need to get him to a hospital and he can recuperate. And don't worry about anything you did because I know you wouldn't, you'd say the same thing to me. Uh, so Dick has a plan. He gathers all the strongest heroes together. And the idea is that now that all the beast people are corralled into central locations, you'll get all the superpowered people to go after the, the beast people. The spores will go to the superpowered people. And instead of like trying to save the like, like they'll just kill the spores, is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, but Nightwing, meanwhile, alongside Donna, has gone to the White House to speak to the president directly. Dick begins to unmask as a show of faith and trust as the president says, No, 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 I know how important your secret identity is. Don't do that. They have a nice oh, conversation. And the president uh, basically reveals his trust in Nightwing after his own kind of questioning of Amanda Waller's true intentions. Mm. Dick reveals all the information he has 
and explains his plan as well as also a show of faith and trust reveals that the first lady the president's wife has been freed from the spores is no longer a beast person and is recuperating all thanks to donna troy uh, so with that, the president is more than happy to oblige with everything Nightwing and the Titans are going to do. Uh, meanwhile, in Gotham, the Bureau of Sovereignty uh, Strike Force in Gotham, led by Sergeant Steel, is about to destroy and kill a whole bunch of Beast people, including Bunny Harley Quinn, with a missile uh, fired from a tank. But that's when John intervenes, catches it, and he mentions that like there's a whole bunch of people recording you right now. Don't kill a whole bunch of innocent people. Go fuck <laughs> off. Um and that's then back at Titan's Tower, Donna, Dick, and Cyborg give Donna a brand new battle suit, which is laced with uh, chromium and kryptonite, is blended with chromium and kryptonite, fashioned into a breathable liquid metal. It's basically going to be her battle suit that she can use to take on the super-powered uh, beast people, such as starting with Phoenix Power Girl. Is able to get the spore out of her, and save as many people as they can. You see all the superheroes, supers around the world destroying as many spores as they can. But during this, uh, Graven and Braven are having a fight and end up in front of a whole bunch of beast we'll people. Never, I'm just never I'm, live that down. You're never living that down. I'm doing that for the rest of the review. Um, <clears throat> where Graven reveals to Braven that's um. <laughs> your precious beast boy might be dead but the spores were a part of him and that means uh as the beast people that they were surrounded by decide not to attack raven that's when dr hate realizes that the beast people spores uh still contain a bit of beast boy's consciousness and that means all the heroes around the world that are destroying the spores are slowly killing beast boy even further and that's when braven uh, decides to psychically connect to all the heroes and let them know what's going on. Uh, so that's when Nightwing asks the everyone to stop the attack and just lure them all to central locations where Cyborg will open boom tubes uh, to send them all, all the spores, into Titan's Tower. Uh, they were able to do just that as Braven and Graven uh, begin to duke it out one more time, but then Starfire arrives to help take the fight to Graven, is able to crack the Helm of Fate, pull it off her, uh, and then Wally runs off with it and takes it directly to a volcano and very much like the Lord of the Rings, drops it in. I was about uh, to say, I was like, is this fucking the, the scene <laughs> from Mordor? Yeah. <laughs> well here's the thing this this was what i found Mount funny Doom. like i think i think he literally was trying to do like tom taylor was literally trying to do this like mountain doom yeah. because as yeah. wally was getting up there that the helm of hate was trying to take over his mind oh which no. is what the one ring does but then yes. as wally says i think it's super speed i've been doing this for years Many people have tried to take over my mind but i think too fast for them to do it by the time you've yeah. even access my mind you're already in the lava melting and that's when the helm of fate goes no and see if the dies. fellowship had had a flash <laughs> on its team like they would have they would have destroyed the one ring no in problem no, time. no problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem gandalf did not access the speed yep. force you fool <laughs> yeah like, the forget whole time the, forget the sparrows or the ravens or eagles or whatever they were forget yeah. You know, your fight with Saruman, forget coming back as Gandalf the White, you know, 
You should have no, had we, access to the speed. Gandalf force. the speed. You would have, yeah. Gandalf, Gandalf the quick. Yes. Gandalf the oh my god. That's Gandalf it. the quick. Yeah. <laughs> I just I need Gimli to show up. Like you know how how Gimli and 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 uh, Legolas had that competition of who could kill more mm -hmm. orcs. And Legolas yeah. is like super fast with his bows. I need mm. Gimli to go up to him and just go, I am speed, and just like run super fast with the just speed like force killing like, off lopping heads off. Speed. Oh my god, <laughs> I would kill for that. You think your arrows are fast? Well, I am speed. <laughs> Look at Wait, this boy. Oh you know you, you know that moment in um the Flash Rebirth where um where like uh Barry and Clark are having their race or whatever and, and um Clark yeah. is like, you know, I've beaten you before, and he's like those were, or he's like, I've beaten you in races before, and he's like, those were for charity, and he just takes off at super speed. Like I'm imagining yeah. it's something like that, where it's like Gimli's just like, okay, yeah, it's it's all been you know a good a good sport for good show, but like now yeah. shit's serious, and he just takes off, like, yeah, at super speed, and just right. decimates Kids the entire. Glover, kid gloves guy. are off. Yeah, yep. kid gloves are off. Just wipes them all out. <laughs> Yeah, and you need to have a shot where he's running alongside the arrows. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> How to make Lord of like... the Rings better by the Geek Matrix podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, <my> god. <laughs> oh god. Yes. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled book. Um <laughs> <laughs> so the helm of hate is destroyed thanks to Wally West melting in the fires of Mount Doom. Um, and then Graven gets a little bit pissed off, calls Starfire an alien expletive. Um, it's a four-letter word. I, you can only imagine what that is. Um, and that's when Raven decides to get back in the way, tells Starfire to go off, opens a portal for her to head back to the rest of the team. And decides now to take the fight back to Graven solo. She pulls out the soul gem that Graven was trapped in before, and then the mm. two head off towards each other. <clears throat> and one last fight to decide who ends up in the gem forever. Uh, later on at the Titan's Tower, uh, the Titans are around waiting for whatever's going to happen with the spores to happen. Hopefully, Gar is able to reconstruct himself. That's when we see a portal open. And out pops Raven with the soul gem intact. Uh, she has beaten Dr. Hate, and Dr. Hate is back in the soul gem. Um, nice. And then we see the spores start to reconstitute insight into Beast Boy. Uh, but as Raven does her little psychic spell, finds that Beast Boy's body is there, but his mind is too far gone. There's not enough of him in there. There's only half recalled memories, uh, and there's not enough spores left to form a whole person. Um, and then later elsewhere, we then see, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Amanda Waller holding a press conference, um, some fucking how the president was able to let her do that. Um, and she goes on to acknowledge the lives that were saved, but we cannot excuse the risks that were taken by the Titans, uh, the reckless actions that threatened our very existence, blah, blah, blah. And this is why we are now taking back some power from the heroes and see that they, they treated our military powers as playthings, so now we're going to prove that they are evil once and for all, and now we've taken back the Hall of Justice, it is now the Hall of Order. 
Oh, big reveal. Yeah. So the Hall mm. of Justice is no longer part of the Justice League. It now belongs to Amanda Waller and most likely How... the whatever the fuck that group was called. How the hell did Amanda Waller get possession of the Hall of Justice? That's what I need to know. You know, I, I want to know that too. Because <laughs> I thought it was it was public domain. Like, wasn't it like publicly owned? Was it or I, actually? Not, yeah, I don't even not, know. It's not a government building, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's that's why I was like, like who who would have sold it to you, or how yeah. how would you even acquire such a thing? I don't know. Yeah, like I think technically it was still owned by Wayne Tech. Yeah, Wayne I thought Price, they were the one whatever the hell it's called. Constructed it because yeah, because yeah, Bruce Wayne footed metal. the bill, and then hmm. I guess when he lost his millions it might have been taken over by queen industries but like the building is yeah. owned by a company <laughs> it's got to know be. <laughs> that, that ollie was able to keep his millions even after he died yeah so that this is one part i was like i don't know about this but the rest yeah. so far <laughs> uh so now all the titans are back at the tower uh mm -hmm. reeling from the news that amanda waller has the hall of order um and also that Beast Boy is no longer with them, even though he's there. But Bobo has yeah, an idea. First, and huh? I'm just like, first they merged him with Cyborg, then they shot his eye out, and now he's like a half man. I'm just like, what? Yeah. What, did, what, what, did Gar what do else can they guys? do to him? Right? Jesus. Um, but wait. There's more. Bobo has an idea what? and he reveals to Cyborg, you you can teleport halfway across the galaxy, right? So uh Cyborg gets an idea of what he's doing it, what what he's getting at, and he is able to boom tube uh himself and a few others uh across the galaxy to the boomerang nebula and then mm -hmm. over to the Sahara, where the rest of the Titans brought the shell of Beast Boy and the heroes from the Boomerang Nebula brought back a tentacle from the main Garo being like before he mm. was killed um, right. because he was sent uh, a part of him was stuck in a boom tube and was left uh, left behind uh, they were able mm. to unfreeze it and then hopefully thanks to Donna's lasso of what the hell's persuasion? her lasso? Persuasion? persuasion okay. Yeah. Uh, is able to have the tentacle and the Beast Boy body reconstitute, and hopefully there's enough of Beast Boy there to bring him back, and lo yeah. and behold, it does, and Beast Boy is yeah. back again. He's alive. Which they is funny that, that Donna is doing that, because Donna basically had the same thing happen to her way back in the 90s when Dark Angel ripped away all her memories and they had to use um wonder woman's lasso to basically transfer wally's memories of donna over to her oh wow yeah well i don't know if that go. was the callback they were going for but i just I might think have that's been a funny coincidence. but also like the lasso of persuasion like they were trying to goad the two parts into like yeah they're trying to persuade the two parts into reconstituting so right yeah. the lasso of persuasion would work um, but there is an epilogue. Uh, once again, oh. later, we see in the soul gem on Raven's forehead somebody going, Hello, I'm here. Where are you guys? Gar, can anyone? Rick, Gore, or Dick, Corey? Sorry, not Rick. Um, no. And that is oh when we God. see that uh, 
Braven was the one that was actually trapped at the Soul Gem, and Graven, aka Dr. Hate, is the one outside and walking around with the Titans. And that is to be oh. continued in the pages of the oh, Titans. Boy. And Amanda Waller's quest for order is just beginning. So, I, I hate Sounds to say like it. a lot. <laughs> uh, no Connor Hawk turning into a hawk, and no Animal Man being a major player in the story. I'm sorry, Brandon. Well, I guess I'm, you're I'm never, never reading gonna, it. I'm never going to read this event. No, and in, in all honesty, <laughs> like now that now that um, Beast World is over, I probably will just go through all six issues, just the core yeah. story, and give it a read, see how it all is. Because um, you guys have been singing the praises from day one, and yeah, I feel like I should honor that. Um, yeah. So I I will say I'm surprised Animal Man was not a bigger player in this. I'm I'm so disappointed. Yeah. An event called like, it was a layup. East World. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah. Um, but no, I want to at least, you know, give it a read. I imagine it'll be important for upcoming stories. Um, so it'll be nice to just have all that information. Yeah. I mean, as far as it, it looks, the beast portion of everything, excuse mm. me, is done and over with. And it's just the aftermath, yeah. like the stuff with Raven and mm. the stuff with Amanda Waller. Everything else will pretty much be back to normal. Um, yeah. I mean, distrust of the Titans is going to grow, and I'm sure Amanda Waller right. is going to have a lot to do with that. Uh, so mm -hmm. we'll see what happens there. Um, but end of the day, uh, besides Animal Man not being a major player i i'm, I'm gonna say this 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 run that this event was was a great success and it really showed off tom taylor's chops of writing uh a mm -hmm. multi-book of uh, a, 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 a sorry a company-wide crossover if you will an yes. event title um because mm -hmm. he not only was able to tie into all the books he's currently writing between titans and nightwing etc but he was also able to tie it into and i get this was most likely the the way it was supposed to go joshua williamson's ongoing story with dawn of dc as well right, as yeah. tom king's wonder woman so he was mm -hmm. able to tie it into multiple books at the same time um which was good and i thought that mm -hmm. was, that was a really nice touch because you get some event titles that just don't care about the continuity of other titles and they just fucking tell mm -hmm. the story they want to tell but tom taylor was able to pay attention to outer continuity with oh, the yeah. exception of jeremy adams green lantern where hal was in space mm -hmm. But that might just be an artist choice and not Tom Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm um, not going to fault him for that. Well, even even without having read the event, I can tell that they probably planned this together from the start because I was going through, of all things, Night Terrors again. Um, oh, no. And that final, I know, because I hate myself. Um, but but that, that final issue, um, you know, had the big reveal of like, oh, Dr. Hate, you're going to be instrumental to this next plan and it says you know to be continued in beast world so my guess is like they've had all this stuff outlined from the start you know the yeah night terrors would feed into beast world which would feed into williamson's next event probably um you know beyond yeah the whole thing is centered around amanda waller and yeah the whole thing with dr hate in the first place was all as we now know tying into like tom taylor's titans so yeah and not even just that, like, didn't, I think it also had to do with Lazarus Planet, too, didn't it? I think a Was little it? bit. Um, a little bit, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I well, I think yeah, I think she was like a part of it in some ways, but yeah. she was more in the shadows at that point. Um but I, th- I feel I think like like yeah. part of Lazarus planet led into uh uh night terrors. I yes, was gonna say yeah. Nightmare World, which yeah. would have been a much better name. <laughs> a night, well, night it definitely terrors, was yeah. like being in a nightmare world reading those books for too long. I'm kidding. I nearly said nightmare yeah. country, but like wait, no, that's the wrong no. yeah. that's the wrong book altogether. Wrong continuity. No. Um that's something you'd rather be reading. <laughs> yeah. Uh but Beast World number six, I rather enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the whole run. Um <laughs> I, I'm not in love with Amanda Waller. I don't care for the character right now. I She's been should overdone. hope not. I mean, you're a married man. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being such a troll you're just, today. You're full of jokes today. <laughs> I, I'm full of jokes today. I don't know what's going on. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, anyway, I don't. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Amanda Waller's <laughs> overdone. Uh, I think War for Earth 3 put a really bad taste in my mouth when it comes to her character and it, not even like because she's a horrible person but because that event just mm. sucked and it made yeah, no fucking sense not a good story. and I didn't really know where she really ended up by the end of that story mm. like yeah she's stuck here on Earth 3 she's locked that universe out of the multiverse yeah. nobody can enter or exit it and this may or may not be the Earth 3 version of Amanda Waller where realistically she should be a good person um, yeah, but then which, now she's I back recall, on Earth Zero, and everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> which, as I recall, was her choice. Like she deliberately yeah. went to Earth Three because she wanted to be in charge of, you know, that Earth reality. Three. Yeah, because she'd then, given up on the heroes in this world. Yeah, she figured she could I know, make. But then, like a couple months later, Earth. yeah, she's which just all like, like, oh, like, made never made sense now. in the first place. No, but yeah, I, I, so it was just a, a really bizarre story not very good like it's a shame because crime syndicate i rather enjoyed Mm. (laughs) for the most part like it wasn't top tier but it was interesting i i love the Mm. whole like take a character and twist them storyline yeah right and and that's why i've always enjoyed the crime syndicate but i think it was a missed opportunity to not call that book earth three yeah that would have they honestly i would i would have i would have a I would have appreciated an approach like that more, especially because it would have probably opened the avenue for just more stuff in Earth 3, not just the crime syndicate, but like other bizarre Earth 3 versions of characters. Because we really have only gotten to see the crime syndicate, but like we know there are warped versions of characters that exist. Um, Yeah. And the one thing that I like, Drake. This is like, yeah, like Drake. Oh God. Yeah. Um, but, but the one thing I've always wanted to see that, like, they they teased, but it was never really confirmed, was there was supposedly like an Earth three version of the Titans, um, like the Teen Titans. Um, mm. But I just I, we never got any indication of what that was, save for you know the evil version of of uh, Robin, which is Talon. Um, so there's just there's well, a lot of potential in that idea. You did you read Venice's Young Justice? Uh, yes, I do remember the arc that you're talking about with the evil yeah. Young Justice, but yeah. I'm choosing to forget that. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> um, but no, I 100% agree. Like, there, 
it, it was a damn shame that that's how they ended up with that book and that's yeah they it just led to a shitty event that nobody liked nobody cared about nobody wanted uh but they could have actually had that like especially since you have the main continuity being earth zero you had the earth one line mm -hmm. of books new 52 had earth two and now you can have yeah. earth three it just made sense um no, was, and then you could have a, cool a whole idea. bunch of stories set on that earth Especially since yeah. it was uh, like some of the characters had their origins in this story as well. Like you had John Stewart as the Emerald Knight; his origin was in this, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it, it was it was a damn shame. Yeah, no real waste yeah. of potential, but yeah. Oh well, what can you do? Um, but yeah, night, night, not night terrors. Beast World number six. <laughs> I'm going to give it um 8.5 out of 10 it would get closer to a nine if it wasn't for amanda mm. waller being a heavy portion of the story um mm. i get why uh, but just like the whole bit at the end of this issue with the hall of justice now the hall of order it just didn't make sense yeah. to me i don't really care for that that's got to do with whatever joshua williamson has planned which hopefully we'll find out more about this summer it doesn't take mm. another fucking year <laughs> um <laughs> But knowing the rumors we know about, like the event coming up for Free Comic Book Day, mm -hmm. chances are we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, but we'll at least get the first indication of what this story is gonna be in May with the Free Comic Book Day issue. Well, no, that the Free Comic Book Day issue that's a secret is supposed to tie into the rumors we heard. Yeah, well, that that's as far my, as we know, have my... nothing to do with this. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I th I thought I mean, as the far as we know, because were... I... yeah, right. Yeah, I guess I guess my assumption was just like it's pretty much confirmed at this point that it's going to be some kind of story about whatever upcoming event that they have because that's usually the case with these issues. Well, yeah, but yeah, I guess but, they're keeping but, it hush hush for now. You've heard what the the rumor is <laughs> that the the book is about, right? Yeah, we, we yeah. talked about Nathan, it. With Nathan. Yeah. Nathan shared with us some of the alleged rumors of what this the uh, the next big possibly event or crossover storyline is going to be and supposedly yeah. it may be a sequel to zero hour which yeah prank to god but it's, it's, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like dc's answer to the ultimate universe hmm. and a reinvention of many characters yeah which i don't hate so so I, being being like a seek i think he what he might have meant to say is a pseudo sequel to zero hour yeah as much um, dark crisis as a sequel to crisis yeah yeah um yeah which uh, yeah i don't i don't necessarily hate the idea of dc trying its hand at an ultimate universe although i would argue they kind of already tried that with earth one earth one whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they just kind of abandoned that even though there are a few books that are still unfinished <laughs> green lantern um yeah but Oh yeah, God. I don't know. The, the fact that I've, I finally read Volume Two last year, and this is after I found out that it's not coming back for yeah. Volume Three, and I was pissed. <laughs> Fuck! Like, just finish it Why? out. Like, they at least they were at least able to do that with Batman and Wonder Woman, and I don't yeah. know if they finished out the trilogy with Superman. I didn't actually read. Yeah, those. I know Teen Titans. They, they, they had three volumes. Okay, um, yeah. but like, yeah, even I, I still haven't finished. Um, the Batman Earth One trilogy. Uh, still haven't read the. Yeah, I don't Final think I read volume. volume three. No. Yeah, no. It just kind of it was weird because I think it came out like 
I want to say either. All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like sometime in 2020 or 2021. I could be messing with the dates. I think it was, it was 21. Like, yeah, it was like that that time where I don't know. It just it felt like some comic stuff was still it, it had it had originally been planned to be released during COVID, but obviously that screwed it up. So stuff just got delayed. Yeah. So I remember hearing about it. And then it just kind of came and went, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't even realize it was out." So yeah, I'm gonna get on. Like, there was next to no marketing about it. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. Actually, I'm gonna look that yeah. up. Batman uh, Earth One Volume One, though, is probably one of the best Batman comics I've ever read. Wow, that's high praise. No, I, mean, I, I do you not agree. <laughs> I don't know if I would say it's one of the best, but it, it definitely is one that I really enjoyed. And I yeah. I know I know people hate this term because um, it's just become obnoxious lately. But I did actually really like the grounded approach that they took with Batman. Because I know everyone <laughs> says that now where it's just like, I like my Batman story, super grounded. And then, you know, you're reading fucking um, – batman in space and you're like oh this is awesome um so yeah. i don't know how much that yeah. holds up but um but but yeah no i i just i, I liked the approach that john's took with just a, a batman who's like incredibly fallible it was it was almost like it was it was taking the core of what worked with um with year one which is a, a batman who's still highly inexperienced and just almost um amping it up um so he's like can barely get his tech to work and all that's like i just love that stuff yeah I loved, I loved seeing him trying to figure out um so dc.com says it came out june 2021 yeah. but yeah i just have like no memory of that happening uh and i keep like psyching myself out thinking oh i must have got it but no <laughs> there's no way i got it yeah no i didn't even like really read Teen Titans Earth One. Like I bought them both because mm -hmm. I wanted the whole collection of Earth One books, but I I didn't. Yeah. I started to read the first one. I didn't really like it. Yeah, I I to be honest, I was really only reading it because it was Jeff Lemire, and I was like, oh, yeah. Jeff Lemire, Teen Titans, like this this could be nice, and you know, certainly he has a, a, a talent for young characters and DC characters as well. But I don't know. It just I didn't think it was all that good either to be honest yeah. so i didn't i haven't even checked out the second volume yeah like they're all over dollaramas right now for five bucks each oh yeah i'm sure yeah you'll never find any other earth one title there mm. especially that's aquaman weird and flash i i've well <laughs> i don't even know if aquaman exists it existed but both aquaman and yeah. flash were planned and never yeah. got finished yeah, I remember hearing. Well, I don't even know if there are rumors. I think it might be confirmed at this point, but I know yeah. that allegedly Francis Manipal was attached to the Aquaman Earth One project, and then I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Just, just fell through. Which sucks they, they just it they, they canceled the Earth One line. Yeah, it wasn't selling well. <sighs> Sigh. I just wish I could have seen what that book was. I don't know. Yeah, especially Aquaman. Uh huh. Oh well. What can you do? Yeah. Well, anyway. if we're through reminiscing about books that were <laughs> and books that never were, uh, shall yeah. we move on to our next book for this week, sir? Sir. Which is Batman and Robin Annual 
2024 brought to us by Brandon. Yes. Annual 2024 number seven part eight. <laughs> that joke is so old, but I'm going to yeah. keep doing it because why not? <laughs> um, but yes, been doing that is... joke for almost two years now. For two years, and yeah. it, it never gets better. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is we're going into our third year, aren't we? I know. Oh my god, can you believe it's 2021 that? 2021, you and I started this. It was 2021. Like, Holy I think, crap. honestly, it might have been was it the end of January or the end of February? It, it was beginning of February, or end, no, yeah. end of February, end of February, because yeah, it was yeah. right so at the tail end. We, were, oh we started, god. I will never forget the last week of infinite frontier future books. state yeah future state oh that's that yeah jeez yeah that's yeah. like a million years ago i felt kind of intimidated because i hadn't been reading all of the future state books and all of a sudden they had to like <laughs> talk about yeah. books i'd never read well that was that's been too is like early on i was like okay i gotta make sure i've read everything and i gotta make sure like yeah. all my notes are outlined i gotta yeah. go back and listen to those old episodes it's been a yeah while, i did that too I, I know. I remember like a couple months ago, because I think I wanted to find the part where I was talking about the Philip Kennedy Johnson uh, run, the start of it. Oh, action. yeah. And I just, yeah. I was like, oh my God, we were we, like, you and I were like so reserved and like quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awkward. Yeah. And now here we are. Now we here we shut are. Us up. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah, no, those are those were the days where like a tangent would have never <laughs> happened because we we're just like, okay, I just want to make sure I have all my points outlined. Uh, yeah. I don't want to like say yeah. anything that gets us <laughs> off track. <laughs> yeah, we need oh, to talk man. about the books and that's it. Like, and, uh, <laughs> and now th three uh, years later, you and I are just talking about books that never existed. <laughs> <laughs> Books that never existed, books that we don't even have on the show. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm eating <laughs> corn chips. You're building a bookcase, and we're just shooting the shit. Oh man, no, this, is, this is great! Wow, yeah, this, oh this is a fun podcast. I don't care. It, it really is, um, <laughs> and uh, continues to be one of my favorite things to do. Um, yeah. Anyway, Batman and Robin <laughs> Annual 2024, <laughs> um, which is not three years old. Um, but it kind of feels like it. Uh, we'll get into that later. Um, this is The Most Dangerous Road Trip, written by Joshua Williamson, with art from Howard Porter, colors from Rain Barreto, and letters from Steve Wands. The premise could not be more simple. Uh, after dealing with a, a potential theft from Double Dare, Batman and Robin decide to hit the road and enjoy a nice quality father and son road trip slash camping trip up in the mountains. And of course, Damien being Damien feels it is completely unnecessary, uncharacteristic of them, and frankly, boring, um, which is, is made all the more hilarious by a rather funny sequence where they're driving up to the mountains and Damien acting exactly like a child slash teenager would asks are we there yet before they eventually pull into a gas station and bruce in true parent form asks him to run in and get a little snack before we head over to the campsite um that's when damien notices a board full of missing people um, and realizes that something's going on with this campground that isn't quite right isn't quite kosher uh, so he runs back out to Bruce and tells him they need to get the hell out of here now. Um, but before they can, and uh, or before they <clears throat> um, 
start setting up camp. They decide to do a little investigating, or at least Damien decides to do a little investigating. And that's when he finds a number of the bodies, presumably those of the uh, missing people that were on the board, um, deceased, laying out in the open. And that's really when they realize that something is, is a foul here and that they need to investigate further. So they decide to head back to the gas station to see if the proprietor might know anything. But fortunately, they realize that they have been had. It was all a trap. And now they're stuck in this force field um, that's keeping them uh, closed into the campgrounds. But we flash away from them being trapped in their little area. It's cut over to a fancy-looking mansion where we are introduced to none other than Roulette, fun old JSA character who has a new gambit outside of Gotham, which is basically people getting to hunt people. It's Manhunters, something like that, um, but uh, for a very specific price. Um, and, of course, they are expected to follow uh, a number of rules to make sure that things go as planned. Um, so all the hunters are lining up, getting ready for their, their new hunting session, which features Bruce Wayne and his son. Um, but the only one here who's really going to claim any kind of victory, or at least so he says, is none other than Bloodsport. Hey, good to see you again. We were just talking about Earth 3. Uh, <laughs> that squad. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, Bloodsport basically says he's only here for the practice. He doesn't care about the money or the pot or anything like that. Um, Roulette is like, all right, you know, do what you want to do. But the rest of you get out there and get hunting and enjoy yourselves. And uh, we cut back over to Damien and Bruce, <clears throat> who have made an inventory of all the supplies that they have, including camping supplies, as well as a couple of uh, bat-themed supplies, though not that many. Um yeah. But they decide to make do with what they have and being the dynamic duo that they are, set some well-placed traps that are able to work against the hunters. So while the two of them literally enjoy some s'mores and some bonding time, the rest of the hunters fall into a series of traps that pretty much just knock the shit out of them uh, before they can really get any kind of help um it's really only blood sport that's able to dodge a number of these traps um and is, is supposedly in in his own mind able to get the drop on bruce and damien firing a bunch of rounds into their sleeping bags uh before he realizes that he has been had and that apparently this prey is more than it appears to be Bruce gives Damien a little bit of a history lesson on Bloodsport, who he is, where he came from, some of his previous uh, battles against Superman and the Justice League and all that stuff, um, and basically has them <clears throat> fight against Bloodsport, or at least Damien, or sorry, not Damien, Bruce, uh, ends up throwing down against Bloodsport uh, and gets to take him down pretty easily, um, realizing that his his... I guess, power set um, taps into this hidden arsenal that uh, that rips weapons from other dimensions or other universes or something like that. Um, and so Bruce, in a moment of uh, desperation, basically says, like, well, if you can pull them from other places, surely you can go there too. Bloodsport is like, oh, no, like, that's not how it's supposed to go. But anyway... Bruce just kind of sends him off and he disappears in a flash of light. Yeah. And while Bruce is dealing with Bloodsport, Damien is going after Roulette. Um, 
and is able to get the upper hand on her. But she reveals that it was all a trap to get Damien into the house um, so that the hunters would be able to converge on him. Excuse me. But Damien reveals that he had been expecting some kind of trap like this and that he called in the DEO, led, of course, by our good old friend Cameron Chase, who was able to make the arrest. Um, and that's when Roulette is talking about the people who supposedly took her down. But as she looks over to her left, she sees that those mysterious strangers have disappeared into the night. We cut back to Bruce and Damien heading down from the mountain, reminiscing on their little camping trip. And that's when Damien has a little moment of reflection, uh, thinking that maybe all of this was just a ruse to get them to bond over taking down some criminals. Bruce gives a funny look um, and says, you know, basically, Damien chides him on it and says, could have brought our, our costumes and all that stuff. And Bruce says, now, where would the fun be in that? And that's where yeah. our issue ends. Um, okay. I, I may be in the minority in this because <laughs> I know issues like this are totally filler. And I get that. Yeah. But god damn i had so much fun reading this one i yeah, i don't know i just <laughs> i i love i love like silly just not taking it seriously issues like this it's just like let's just have them in a fun weird setting where they're not in costume they're doing something different but they really have to improvise and it gives them a chance to bond and i just like right from the jump where i was like okay they're camping and they're being hunted and they gotta like they, they have to go on the prowl and fight the hunters. And I was like, sold. That is right yeah. up my alley. Um, so already I was like, okay, I'm, I'm digging the premise of this issue and I'm, I'm loving it so far. I would say the weakest part of it, the part that maybe was a little hard to overcome at some points was the art. Normally I do really love Howard Porter and I think he's, he's great in a lot of, um, a lot of issues um, that he's done in the past. But I do think, it, it, it might have been a problem with the coloring. I'm not really sure, but there were some parts that just looked kind of muddy and maybe a little messy. And I think it worked with some of the, the trap scenes because it really just emphasized the brutality of the moment. But there were a couple of scenes where like it just felt kind of muddled. And I could tell what was going on. So so props to you know Porter for that. Like it was it was never confusing. It just it looked a little unpolished is the thing. Um but aside yeah. from that, I was like I just love this freaking issue. Um so I gave this a nine out of ten, believe it or not. I just had a lot of fun. I will one hundred percent agree. Like I I started off thinking like okay this could be fun and it was mm. kind of slow and I'm like yeah maybe this is not going to be as fun as I thought it would be yeah. and then halfway through I'm like oh shit this is a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. I, I really like this um, I agree with the art it was a little iffy at times but it's Howard Porter like mm. you you get what you get Howard Porter can be good at times but there are mm. times Howard Porter Howard Porter is not so good uh, especially mm. nowadays. Uh, I think I remember he had some kind of a medical issue, right? Once upon a yeah. time, and that kind of really I think he had like sprained or damaged his hand, and so he basically had to relearn how to draw with one of his hands, with his right hand. Yeah, which uh, is a hell of a thing to accomplish yeah, and still be able to have a career in the industry. Like, yeah, he had to relearn how to draw. Obviously, it's not going to be as good as it used to be, but it's still kind of decent. Like, yeah. <laughs> not going to lie. Like, there's some good stuff in there. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm never going to fault Howard Porter for having no, some no. And like, 
I mean, even as recently as I think what he did. Um, well, I, I know the Night Terror stuff, but I'm thinking like Deathstroke Inc. Like I love the art there, and that was what like yeah. a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, so I will I will never fault Howard Porter. I love his stuff. Uh, I think it just again I think it might have been the colors. I don't know, but something just looked kind of messy in this issue for me. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very dark, but at the same time, it was a campground at night. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Really interesting aspect. I I wasn't sold on the idea of Bruce just wanting to up and leave Gotham with Damien mm-hmm. um, to go camping. Like, I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, there's other heroes to protect Gotham. And he even said that yeah. Gotham will be protected, I swear. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. I guess I'll let that go. But yeah. then, like, this whole thing was just, like, a bonding scenario and training simulation for him and Damien to, like, mm-hmm. learn how to take out a whole bunch of hunters yeah. without any weapons. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, what what did you score it? I gave it a nine out of ten. Nine I, just, out of 10. I really dug it. I I'll give it an eight point seven five. Nice. Yeah, I think it was not bad. All right, so that will lead us to our last issue for the week: Batman Superman World's Ooh. Finest Annual Number Twenty Twenty Four. In this issue, you will see Bumblebee, Metamorpho, Challengers of the Unknown, and much more. That much oh more. God. So many kids. Uh, really just a bunch of fifth dimensional imps. <laughs> I'll take yeah. those two. Yeah, I'm so that's our <laughs> first story, actually. This is called Imperiled. Oh. Imp Herald. Uh, this is written by Mark Wade and Cullen Bunn with art from Edwin Galmon, Colin oh, Lothridge. Did did I tell you? Um, um I finally picked up uh, volume one of Sinestro. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I've got that here, and I've yet to reread it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited so because I, it's it's a lot of fun. I like vaguely remember because I picked up a couple of random issues at some point. I was like, yeah, I kind of like this, but I never actually went back and read it from issue one. Um, so it's just kind of sitting on the other stack of books that I've yet to sort yet. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited to read that one. I, I keep forgetting that that takes place after Green Lantern number 20, right? So this yes. is. Yes. Yeah. This is. Yeah. So he, he he's got the loses. parallax entity. Or no, I think he, because he loses parallax at first. And then, um, well, he has he to regain it. Yeah. has yeah. to regain it at the start of uh, Rebirth. I know that. Yeah. Which that, that led into Hal and Pals when he was like getting yes. really old. Yeah. Yeah. And he needed to find parallax again. I believe mm-hmm. that was it. Yes. But I'm also then I'm also thinking about like unless he already had parallax at the time because I'm thinking of that scene with Guy Gardner showing up mm-hmm. and he, they take his ring and he's just buck naked. Yeah, no, I think that's that's the start of uh, of rebirth. Yeah, that's like, like that's, at the beginning of that that first arc. Yeah, but I think that's like issue two or three. Yeah, it's not issue like one. That. No. Yeah. So I think at the end of issue one is when that's when they reappear. I think reappear. From yeah. Green Lantern Corps. The end. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> yeah. The, the that, end. that whole thing was a bit of a mess. Oh god. Yeah. Like I don't remember who it was that was writing it first, but if it was I, Tom Taylor oh or somebody god. else, I, 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 I think, remember. I think Tom Taylor might have done either the end or Edge of Oblivion, and then. Um, maybe, it was, it was maybe, Lost Army. Yeah, or yeah, Lost Army, not Edge of Oblivion. 
Yeah. Uh, no, because it was Cullen Bunn that did yes. Lost Army. Yeah. And then it was supposed to be 12 issues. It got canceled at six. Yeah. I think. Yes. But and yeah, then I think it got Edge of picked Oblivion, up. I think was Tom, Tom Taylor. Taylor. Tom Taylor yeah. did Edge of Oblivion and he finished mm-hmm. that story. Yeah. Uh, which I found really weird, despite the fact that it, it still worked out. But, like, why yeah. not let Cullen Bunn finish the story? <laughs> you know, it didn't yeah. really make a lot of sense. Uh, but Tom Taylor was able to make it very cohesive, I felt. So, mm-hmm. but then, like, we still never really understood why they went there, who brought them there. Yeah. People have explained it to me, but I never really thought it made sense. <laughs> So yeah, it was a bit of a mess that one. Um, yeah. Well, th- I hope you enjoy it. It's, it's it was a hell of a run. Yeah. Well, I'm that I'm was, excited. It was and... a heck of a time to be a Lantern fan. We had oh, five yeah. books at that time. Oh month. my god, you guys were you were like we were eating feasting. well. You were eating well. Yes. It's Sinestro, Red Lanterns, Green Lantern Corps, New Guardians, and Green no, Lantern. My favorite. Uh, so you had Green Lantern, New Guardians, Green Lantern Corps. And Red Lanterns were the four books starting New 52. New Guardians finished, I think, around 12 issues. Mm-hmm. And then Sinestro picked up after that. Was so, it really that short? I thought it went longer than that. It might have been a little longer. But I know, I'm pretty sure New Guardians and Sinestro did not go... Oh, New Guardians must have gone to 20. Because it was yeah. part of the crossover. But yeah. I, don't think it, I don't think it went beyond that. Because I, I, I know it at least... Um, Maybe 24 issues. Yeah, because I, I know at least after like 12 or 11 or something, Tony Bedard left the title, and that's Wait. when Justin Jordan came in. And Am then... I mistaken? <laughs> I am very wrong, because I have New Guardians Volume 6. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's that's the whole like yeah. um, romance that needs With to never be talked about. And... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That. So I'm very wrong. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah. There I can see why more. you would delete that from your mind. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no. New Guardians and Sinestro were going, but then we also had Larflees. Yeah, at twelve. Issues. Oh, that's so right. Had, yeah, yeah, we had six books at one time. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> never again. Never. Uh, well, and then never, Rebirth never happened. It got never, cut down but, to two, yeah. and then those ended. We got cut down to one, and then we got cut again, cut down to none. <laughs> but now we're back Ooh. up to three temporarily yeah. so which i don't know i i feel like they're for now it's good with two yeah a limited series but i think if if all goes well with the two and the potential crossover they have in the works there is room for expansion i mean I, considering I, the writing team that is tackling the two books we have i think oh, there's yeah. a very good chance there's gonna be more yes absolutely <laughs> and i just yeah. i mean i'm I think you and I have talked about it, but just I really want to see them try and do a Green Lantern Corps book right now, especially yes. all the United Planets stuff they have going on, because I just want to see yes. how that would be explored. I have one request. Oh, okay. If Philip Kennedy Johnson doesn't do it, <laughs> Peter Tomasi. Oh, my God. You really think he'd come back for that? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, damn it. Gosh. I don't care if he wants to or not. He needs to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're coming back whether you like it or not. And you're going to like it. About. <laughs> uh, I, hey, I would be down for that. Third time yeah. is concert. Well, I don't want to say third time is the charm because the other two times were great. They were but, solid, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would be happy with that. Yeah, make it the, the Pete Tomasi Green Lantern Corps trilogy. 
I selfishly, oh. I want to say like you could have a Green Lantern core book and also have like a Tales of the Green Lantern core like Buddy, anthology I've been book. Saying this forever, okay, <laughs> just because like because I, I I have I, I sent you the picture of it. I have like that that trade that old trade that collects all the old. Tales of the Green Lantern Corps from the 80s. And I've yes. been reading those and I've been getting inspired. And I'm like, if they could just bring some of these back, just have like these little eight-page stories. I know people yeah. would be like, oh, they're filler or whatever. And it's like, just just test it out. See if people yeah. would be open to that kind of thing again. And exactly. if people really dug it, you could do like, I don't know, like a Brave and the Bold, like anthology style book of just different lantern. Just keep, keep people interested. Also, it would be a great way to like, bring in new voices to the Lantern yep. universe with new characters, like all this stuff. I just, I, there's so much potential in it. I could see it. I, but. I can broaden your idea right here. Like Brave and the Ooh. Bold, it, we had, we had Batman, whatever the initial one was called, or his Batman family characters. And then Brave yeah. and the Bold is Batman. And then the larger DC universe with Tales of the Green Lantern Corps, it doesn't even necessarily need to be, you can even call it Tales from the Book of Oa. And yeah. it doesn't even need to be just about oh, Green Lantern. I like that. Character. I like that title. It could be other Lantern cores. It could be yeah. a Red Lantern here, a Blue Lantern there, and then it could just be the the larger cosmic storylines in general. Mm -hmm. Like you could have a Kanjar Roth uh, heist. You could have um, Evil Stars somewhere on a mm -hmm. planet. You, you I, could I have like... Lobo doing something. Oh like my you, god! You can, you yes. can have a cosmic anthology book well i i like works. i like that idea because you could have like i mean obviously he's no longer alive but you could have like someone filling the role of tomar ray in that story with um yeah with i was Fungi gonna say tomar too but yeah. he's also dead, he's also dead. <laughs> but like yeah. you could just you could have someone in that role acting as like oh you know i'm the storyteller and like this story from the book of oa is about so and so yeah. this story is about lantern zax and the time he ended up going up a bit against a bunch of coons or something like that like just you yeah. could have cool stuff like that exactly like i i i would say they've been overdone but give me a story about the spider guild and have yes. it have meaning you know <laughs> yeah just, i don't know <laughs> just, just entertain the idea dc yeah. has uh, we're not doing anything you know we're free. We kept the time. I'll make the time. <laughs> I'll make the time. <laughs> I will find the time to write this. If you say, do you have the time? I will say, yes, I have the time. And we'll make yes. it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. You read my mind. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. I just, I've, I've just had that like ruminating in my brain ever since I've been going through those old stories. And I'm just like, I just, I just want to see more of that. I want to see more expansion that that yeah. cosmic corner of the universe like when blackest night did tales of the core i thought it was fantastic yeah. oh man you know, yeah those are really cool worked. yeah because yeah. those oh. those were pretty much like exactly what you were saying it wasn't just green lanterns it was like you know all you sorts had red lanterns and and i think the was the lissa drac origin story in that maybe i, I can't remember so. but, i think um, it was yeah or lisa think how it should be not necessarily but like her Oh, maybe it was an origin story, but it was her when mm. she was holding the Book of the Black. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I meant to send it to you. There was a post on the Green Lantern subreddit earlier today mm. of somebody bought a whole bunch of like Lantern books, and one of them yeah. was Brightest Day. Uh, and 
it was secondhand, and one of them had a signature in it. He wanted to know if it was Jeff John's signature. I wanted mm. to send you the picture because you got Ooh. Jeff John to sign some yes. stuff last year. If you could verify, oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. The guy. Okay, I'll see if I can find it. I'll send it over to you. Yeah. Um. All right. So, <laughs> back to the book. <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled book. <laughs> no longer talking about books that don't exist. <laughs> oh man. All uh, right. So our first story called "Imperiled." This is written by Mark Wade and Cullen Bunn, with art from Edwin Galmon. Colors on pages eight to ten uh, by Lee Lawridge, uh, and letters from Steve Wands with a opening cover from Dan Mora. Uh, mm-hmm. So we see Mister Mixie's Pitalik and Batmite calling to order the Just Us League in the Fifth Dimension, uh, which is a whole flurry of all sorts of Fifth Dimensional imps who care about various other DC superheroes. Uh, We have a Flash imp, an Aquaman imp, Black Canary, Wonder Roman Hawkman, uh, Metamorpho, and Green Lantern and Green Arrow on one imp, which I thought was awesome. (laughs) He, he's got the, the the green lantern logo with oh the, the g on top the That's arrow hilarious. it's fantastic <laughs> and he's using the ring to make a bow and arrow and the robin hood cap it's like this man you i sent a picture on discord earlier you oh, can see yeah. it <laughs> yeah, i haven't even looked at it yet yeah you gotta go check it out because there's a bit with him and flash and they're like mm-hmm. it's fantastic uh but basically they begin to to call things okay, to work back all right. Oh, <laughs> wow. Sorry. Oh, wait. So, yeah, that, <laughs> that was weird. But <laughs> I think I got kicked out of the stream and mm. not able to get back in because I wasn't the host. But now we are back. I am the host <laughs> and all is right in the world. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I will try to pick up where we left off. What was the last thing you heard me say? Uh, we were talking about the imps and green arrow slash lantern imp right um yeah so you 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 get to see i i shared a screenshot of a panel in the comics Mm. chat earlier um it was flash imp saying and you green lantern and green arrow pick a lane already as the green imp goes why choose they're both so awesome (laughs) and i feel that yeah i love them both that's that's (laughs) awesome yeah, I can't deny they're both awesome. Um, right, so they called this meeting to order. Um, and there's a bunch of dad jokes because they're fifth dimensional imps, they're full of dad jokes. <laughs> uh, but this is when Mr. Mixie Pillick begins to call to order why they're here, and then Batmite uh pops in with which hero is coolest and why dear friends is a Batman, <laughs> and that leads to opens up the can of worms to a whole big brouhaha and all the imps start fighting and it's one giant battle until they trash the the room and they decide well that was a great meeting let's go home and then mr mixie spitalik says no we are not over there's danger we are all in deadly danger and as batman goes from what that's when green imp gets hit in the chest with a yellow arrow uh, and seemingly dies, and the other imps are like, "What? We can't die, can we?" And then we turn <laughs> to see uh, imp dressed like Sinestro, an imp dressed like Cheetah, and an imp dressed like Solomon Grundy. And then there's another imp like Lobo and like Gorilla Grodd and like the Joker. And this is the danger that Mister Mixes Pitlick was trying to uh, convey. 
Uh, so he opens a portal. Him and Batmite go through to the uh, a different dimension, most likely the third dimension, to find their heroes uh, and try and save the day. Where the other imps, other imps are left to their doom, as the yet to be named I will call Injustice League of Imps um, look over their bodies, mm-hmm. uh, including one hooded figure that we can't really tell who it is. At least I think it's a hooded cloaked figure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's to be continued. Batman Superman World's Finest number twenty five. Uh, so times. that's 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 a little tease as to a uh, story upcoming. Then we get a story from Metamorpho, The Ties That Bind, written by Dennis Culver, from art by Travis Mercer, uh, colors from Andrew Delhouse, and letters from Steve Wands. This picks up after the uh, adventures in what was it, issue seventeen? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Metamorpho yeah. story. With new Mazo and the like. So it picks up right where that left off. Uh, mm-hmm. Metamorpho is back with Simon Stagg and uh, the rest of the team there. Um, and he he's, he's tasking Metamorpho with uh, heading into a volcano in Markovia, uh, which is recently starting to erupt, but was able to unearth uh, an ancient Gallo-Roman temple thought to hold the fabled, fabled Hammer of Vulcan. Uh, so that is Metamorpho's task here, since his abilities are best suited to enter a volcano and deal with the toxic effects of the heat and the gas. Um, and while he does that, he reminisces on his own father, Montana Mason, an explorer of his own rights, uh, but an explorer who only cares about the work and none of the fame and fortune, which uh, Rex figured, why can't you have it all? Uh, so mm-hmm. as Rex is making his way through the temple, finds that some of the traps that are in were already activated and finds in the inner temple, uh, the inner chamber where the hammer of Vulcan rests, a person in a giant metal suit uh, protecting themselves from all the nox- uh, poisonous effects of the volcano. Um, Metamorpho interrupts them and shatters the glass to find that it is none other than his own father, Montana Mason, um, he uses his powers to make the gas a little more breathable, and they have a little talk back and forth about who's really going to take the hammer. We then see Rex back on the surface, heading back to Simon Stagg without the hammer, and says that it was lost to the lava, um, meaning his father was able to take it away, and hopefully that repaired some of their broken relationship. That's where that story ends. No teases for anything else, just an interesting little metamorpho story. Mm-hmm. Um we then get Sting Like a Bee featuring Bumblebee, written by Stephanie Williams with art from Rosie Kemp, uh, colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Steve Wands. This is very simple. This is a pre-Bumblebee story uh, before World's Finest Teen Titans. <clears throat> She's working in her mom's shop uh, where um, they keep getting a lot of business because mm-hmm. the local Walmart, if you will, um, called, I'm trying to look for the name, Buckland Mart, uh, <laughs> just has a whole bunch of shoddy worksmanship. And mm-hmm. basically everything that's bought there is a piece of crap and their shop is the ones that get to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, they they want the community to be able to do something about Buckland Mart, but there's nothing that can be done because no evidence can be proven against them. 
So she decides to take matters into her own hands, get some stealth gear on, breaks into Buckland Mart warehouse, and finds that there's a whole bunch of shady shit going on, and that they're basically installing spyware in the computers and, and stuff bursts into flame, and that's when she uses her little buzz bots, um, mm-hmm. buzzy bots, sorry, which is a bumblebee cam. Um, she's able to get all the information she can. She is found out in the vents, and as she's trying to escape, uses the wings in her backpack to fly off to safety and uh, gives the information she found to a friend who works at a local news station, and that's able to get the scoop on Buckland Mart and bring them to justice. And that was her first time in the Bumblebee suit, if you will, even though she wasn't really wearing the costume. She just had the wings. Uh, (laughs) But that's how Bumblebee got her start. And then finally, uh, in a story called Time Check, we have The Challengers of the Unknown. This is written by Christopher Cantwell with art from Jorge Fornes. Colors from Lee Lofridge and letters from Steve Wands. Um, bear with me. This one's a bit of a mind trip. Okay. Uh, we we open with the origin of the Challengers and then jump to some undisclosed time in the future where the Challengers have increased their, their size to five members, uh, six if you include the big robot, uh, <laughs> whose name escapes me right now. <laughs> uh, but they are being left to open a door. I think this takes place during the story that they were involved in in mm-hmm. world's finest because they had to uh enter some weird dimension and save uh the professor whose name escapes me i don't even remember what the story was about to be honest with you <laughs> like the story they were in do you remember uh that that had to do with neza was it were they i even, don't remember the challengers in the they were, they were in one of the stories. I just don't remember huh. which one. Yeah, I, I don't remember sure. that at but all. But they had to, they had to, they were saving Dr. Elias from, from some like Lovecraftian horror, right. <laughs> which is really <laughs> fucking weird in some oh. other dimension. Um, Ultivac was the robot. On the way oh. out, they, they were needed to um, defuse some collider. Uh, and the only one that was able to stay behind and, and basically save the day was June, who got mm-hmm. caught in the blast and left behind in the other dimension. The other challengers were able to make it out, uh, but June was left behind. And later on, June mm-hmm. arrives back at Challengers Mountain, safe and sound, and, and then reveals that while she didn't really understand what they were going through before, she woke up on the same mountain where their adventure started, and experiencing what she just did, she finally understands everything. Um, that's the end of the story. It's it's a bit of a trip, but it's challengers. It, like um, it made me want more. <laughs> and that's it was when I read that story. I don't know if you saw the message I posted on, on Discord as well. I said, "Why well, got a question? Why has there never been a Challengers of the Unknown movie, animated or live action?" <laughs> oh, like, I know? saw that and I was like, "Seems like a weird question." But all right. It's because I finished that story. I'm like, and th- this shit writes itself, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you could just jump in right in the middle of them being the challengers, have like a brief <laughs> interlude of their origin, and just the mysteriousness of the challengers is the best part. Mm-hmm. And they're adventurers that go around the world doing what others cannot, and and saving the day, stopping the unknown. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's. It's the perfect adventure movie. I don't know why yeah, it's never been done. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. it's never been done. I don't get it. I wish it was, uh, but fuck. And at the end of the day, Christopher Cantwell wrote a good story, yeah. <laughs> the Challengers, yeah. and I, I want more. <laughs> yeah. uh, the art was quite good throughout. I, I really enjoyed all four of these stories. Um, the ones with Metamorpho and Bumblebee seemed ultimately not necessary, mm-hmm. but they were good for what they were. Challengers was also unnecessary, but it was Challengers, and I love the Challengers. It was, it was fucking mm-hmm. badass. Um, and the story with the the imps in the fifth dimension that obviously has machinations for the future. So we'll see where that goes. But throughout all four stories, I kind of enjoyed this annual it was quite good yeah. uh I, i'll give it a 8.25 out of 10 that's awesome i don't, I don't know I'm, I'm regretting that i didn't get a chance to read this one because it sounds yeah, like all the you, stories that are, are interesting at least um, they they were they were actually quite interesting yeah. and i was not expecting the uh the challenger story um yeah i thought it was just gonna be you know kind of like a fun collection of stories featuring batman and superman but not the, the rest of the cast no. so that's awesome they were not in it at all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's it's less of like a Batman Superman world's finest annual and more just like a world's finest annual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. Because it features a whole bunch of characters that were already in world's finest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that is our books for the week. You want to rhyme off your top three and favorite moment if you had one? Ooh, all right. Well, in third place, I have uh, none other than um, full disclosure. You read two books. <laughs> considering I read two books, um, yeah. Full disclosure, I I did not put together my top three, so I'm going to be doing this uh, in prompt two. Um, I can go first. No, no, it's okay. Um, at number three, I had uh, Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, number four, just another right great on. issue. Uh, number two, Batman Off World. Number three, still just like my favorite series coming out right now. Um, yeah. uh, but number one, I had to give to Batman and Robin, the Batman and Robin annual 2024, uh, which, again, aside from being my favorite issue of this week, definitely had one of my favorite moments of this week, which was uh, just that whole car sequence at the beginning of the issue was just like something right out of a classic father and son comedy. And I loved it. Yeah. Um, where it's just like, are we there yet? <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that was that was uh, my top three for this week. Uh, all right, my top three. Did you? Oh, sorry. Did you have a favorite moment? That was my favorite moment. Oh yeah, sorry. You did just say it. Wow. Um, yeah, my top three is much the same, just in a different order. For me, Batman mm-hmm. Robin Annual twenty twenty four is number three. Uh, and then one and two are kind of interchangeable. I can't really decide which one I like more, but I'll put Batman mm. Offworld number three at number two, and then Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, number four at number one, uh, at least for now. But they were both really good this week, so I really couldn't decide which one deserved the top spot more. But I just really mm. enjoyed the Red Lantern origin a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, it, was, it was really well done. Yeah. Uh, and favorite moment for me, I kind of have two... Um, mm. Obviously, the the imp moments that I posted on on Discord <laughs> with the the green imp. No, that's priceless. But also, from Batman and Robin annual, just them just sitting by the fire as they listen to all the hunters get stuck in traps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was, what a, what a great way to bond between fathers. Yeah, and... yeah. 
Oh, there he goes, caught in that bear trap. I learned that from this person, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you for joining us. Sorry for the little blip in the middle there, but, you know, shit happens. Technical mm-hmm. difficulties will happen, but we were able to finish off the show for you, Josh, when you listen to this. Our hearts are are thinking about you seriously man, man. Just hopefully we're okay through and and yeah uh, let us know you know when you get to the other side of it yeah definitely uh so with that we got to get out of here so you have to as well as always we are that's not how it goes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so fuck how does how the fuck is that? <sighs> you we were so, you had it last time. i had I it and i just i can't yourself. remember the beginning Oh. <laughs> it's like when I sing a song, or like you, you get the tune, but you can't remember the lyrics because <laughs> you don't remember the first line. And it's like you remember you just, the third gotta, line, but you know that's not how it starts. When we when we get to the end, you just gotta psych yourself up and be like, okay, yeah. I know this, I got this. I do, I do, but like my memory sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, once again, we have to get out of here, so you have to as well. Remember, in the Geek Matrix, everybody has a home. In the Geek Matrix, you are not alone. Nailed it. There we go.